Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah, it's good to see each and every one of you guys here. And if it's your first time, maybe you're new here at NCC, I want to start just by introducing myself. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we're so glad that you're worshiping here with us this morning. You picked a great Sunday to come. We're in our second week of this series called James. And we're spending the next few weeks just talking about the book of James, reading through that together as a church, and looking at what are the essentials in our faith. You know, all of us have things that we use every single day. Some of them we probably don't even think about, whether it's the car or our wallet, our cell phone. We just take them for granted because we use them all the time, but they're vital to what we do. Maybe it's something at your work, a laptop, a tool, something that you have that you just use all the time. And James, in this book of the Bible, as he's writing to these early Christians, as the church is just starting out, he's reminding them about things in their walk with Christ that are essential in their daily life. Things that are vital as a follower of Christ that they're going to partake of and that they need to have a part of their daily life in order to continue to grow. And so we're looking at this book the next few weeks and just looking at those things in our life. What are the essentials of our faith? What is it that we need that are vital to our daily walk with Christ? And so last week we talked a little bit about who wrote this book and about how it was written because it's going to help us understand a little bit more about the book. And so I'm going to do a quick review this book was written by the brother of Jesus, James, and it was written about 20 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. So not a lot of time has passed from the Gospels, um, from the story in the life of Jesus since he died and went to heaven. Only about 20 years has passed, and James sits down to write this book of the Bible. And he's writing to these Christians that are spread out all throughout the Roman Empire that are in this culture that's opposed to their Christian faith, to what they believe about God to what they believe Jesus has done and how Christ is calling them to live. They live in a culture that's opposed to that. And so even though this book was written almost 2,000 years ago, it's very important, it's very relevant to us today because we live in a similar culture that many times is opposed to what we believe and how we're living out our Christian faith. And so the words that James writes are vitally important to us. And as we're going through this book, we're reading through the book of James together. I hope you guys have done this this past week. Every weekday, we're reading one chapter of the Bible together, or one chapter of the book of James. There's five chapters, so super easy, Monday through Friday. And we're going to read it a number of times because we believe that there's new things we're going to see every time. So as you get into week three and four, you're going to say, man, I didn't even notice that the first time, but God's Spirit is going to speak to you. Something's going to jump out at you. And so I want to encourage you, continue to read this with us, let God's um, spirit challenge you as you go through the book of James together. And then as we get together, we're going to look at different parts of the book of James and what God is saying to us corporately together. And so this is what we're doing as we process through what James is saying. So last week we started with this idea as James begins the book, that your pain has a purpose, that what you go through, even the difficult times that God has a purpose in those that he turns around difficult situation and he strengthens our faith. He makes us stronger on the other side. So even in the midst of loss of people that are close to us, difficult situations at work, financial trials, situations in our health, if we trust God, we come out stronger on the other side. He increases our faith. 
Today we're going to look at this idea that James continues in James chapter 1, that your faith needs action. Your faith needs action. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to do that. Write that down. Your faith needs action. You can open up to the book of James. James chapter 1 is where we're going to start at. We're going to start reading at verse 22. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you, maybe one or two seats over, and you can take that out, turn to page 586 in that Bible, and follow along with us. And if you don't own a Bible, that's our gift to you this morning as well. So we want you to take that with you. Um, You can take that home with you and read with us as we move through the book of James because we believe that the word of God changes us. And So James chapter 1 verse 22, this is what James says as he's writing to the church. But be doers of the word, not hearers only. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. I want you to underline that or highlight that in your smartphone if you have that out. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and then goes away and at once forget what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in what he is doing. So James is writing to the early church and this idea, your faith needs action. He says, hey, you're hearing the words of Christ. You've studied, you've sat in um, services, you've listened to messages about what it is that Jesus is saying, but you need to not only hear those things, you need to put them into practice. You need to take action and do them. Sarah, my wife, was recently reading a book on how people form habits. I don't know if you've ever stopped and thought about that, how different habits, why we do different things in our life, how do you change things that you're currently doing and alter different behaviors. And as she was reading through this book, this author kind of categorized people into four different categories. And they said there's people when they want to change things, when, whenever they want to put into practice or take action, they do different things with different habits. Some people sit back, maybe you guys are like this, and they do all of the research, right? Like they're studying, they're looking at, hey, what kind of habits do I want to have? They, they sit down, they're really methodical, there's, there's a whole process, there's other different types of people that do different kinds of things. And then there's impulse habit people. And as Sarah described this, this is my life, man. They go all in whenever they're wanting to change something. And so if I'm doing that, this is what it typically looks like. Sarah will come home and I'll have thrown away all of our pans because I read some article how it's bad to cook with Teflon, okay? And I'll just throw everything away. I'll run to the store. I'll get new cast iron skillets or new ceramic things. Or I read this article about how health is good and I need to drink more water. I need to watch what I eat. I will go through our pantry and throw away everything processed, you guys. Sugar's going in the trash, everything. Sarah's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, man, I am all in in this thing, you guys. Like, I'm doing this all the way. I'll buy a new pair of running shoes. Sadly, they'll probably never get used because the habit dies after a few days. But when I start, man, I'm all in. I want to do this thing all the way. And maybe that's not the best thing when we're looking at different habits, but it is what James is saying as it applies to our spiritual life. That we don't just sit back and observe what it is that God is saying. We don't just sit in a service like this on a Sunday morning and just hear the message, what God is trying to speak to our hearts. You have to do something with it. You've got to put it into practice. You have to take action if you truly believe the words in the Bible, what it is that Jesus has said to us as he's taught us about God, as he's taught us about our faith and our walk with him, then you have to do something with that. It's not just being a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word that changes us, that makes our life Blessed, And this is the picture that he gives us. Many of you guys probably use this every single day, right? 
Hopefully you use this this morning, okay, so you look good when you come to church. And all of us do that, right? Like we get up in the morning, we, we get in our bathroom or wherever this is at, we stand in front of this and we look at this. I know it's going to be hard to believe, but I actually have to do this. It takes a while to look this good, you guys, okay? Now, it's probably a little difficult to believe that, but you're probably like me, um, and, and you get ready in the morning. You, you look at yourself a number of times. I walk by every time I typically walk through our bathroom. I take a moment and pause and look at how good I look in the mirror, okay? And just make sure everything's in place before I come and stand up here on the stage on a Sunday morning. And so we do that. We, we look at, at what we look like, and James says that's what it's like when you go to the Word of God. The Word of God is this mirror in your life. It's showing you what you look like, or maybe you're looking and you're saying, hey, this is what I should look like. I don't look like that yet, but you use that in order to kind of evaluate yourself, in order to kind of see yourself. Ladies, can you imagine getting up in the morning and, and you're looking in this mirror, you're doing your makeup right, and, and you've done like the, maybe the left side of, or the right side of your face, and, and all of a sudden your husband or your kids call you, you're looking, you're not quite done, but you run out, help them find the keys, help the kids get their lunch, and you forget that you've done the other side or that you don't have the other side of your face done, be pretty bad, wouldn't it? Guys, you get up in the morning, you're getting ready, something distracts you, you realize you've looked here and you don't have your shirt on and you walk out the door to work, okay? That's gonna be a problem, isn't it? And that's what James is saying. That'd be absurd for you to do that. You wouldn't look in the mirror and notice that maybe your hair's not done or your makeup's not fully done or, guys, you've only shaved half of your face. You wouldn't look in the mirror and walk away and forget about that. No, you, you know those things about yourself. You look in the mirror, and it tells you something about yourself. But James says we have Christians who are sitting in Sunday services week after week. They're looking into the Word of God, yet nothing's different about them than when they first started. And James is saying it's that absurd. It's just like that, that you would look intently into the word of God, you would walk away and forget what it says and not do anything to really put into practice what it is that Christ is telling you. And James is talking to the early church just 20 years after Jesus was here, and he's saying, don't forget, you're getting in the habit of looking at the scripture, reading the scripture, sitting, listening to the Sunday message, and you're walking out, and your life looks exactly the same. And you're like that man that looks in the mirror, that woman that looks in the mirror, and you forget what you look like and what you need to do, what needs to change in your life. James is saying something like this. You've heard Jesus say, give to the needy. You've heard Jesus say, love those that do wrong to you. Bless those that do wrong to you and that take advantage of you. Don't judge other people. You've heard all of those teachings of Jesus, and he's looking or saying to the early church, are you actually putting that into practice? You've heard those words. Now, what are you doing with them? It may be something like this. In, in the early church in Jerusalem, they're on the road on a Monday morning, and someone else's camel cuts them off, okay, or a donkey. You guys, road rage is not a modern thing. It had to happen back then, right? So there's a camel or an elephant, something that cuts them off. And James is saying, you've heard the word of Christ. You've heard that you bless those that even do wrong to you or that take advantage of you or something. And so are you sitting there on your camel and cursing them? What are you doing with what the words that Jesus has said? Has it actually changed your life and made a difference on Monday? Students, does it change the way that you act in class, the way that you interact with your teachers, the way that you interact with your parents, 
Is it making a difference in your life? Because he's saying you can't just hear those words and think that's all that I needed to do. No, you need to put them into practice. Your life should look different. You're looking into that mirror. You're not the same person you were before. It's changing you. It's making a difference in your life because you're putting that into practice. So church, what you hear from the words of God, what you're reading in Scripture every day as you open up the Bible, as you pray, Holy Spirit, speak to me from your word, it should change you in the workplace. Being a Christian isn't just a Sunday morning thing, you guys. It affects us every single day of the week. So when my boss says something or that coworker or that employee that you're over, you tell them to do something and they say something back, you don't come off on them in a rude way. You don't, you don't get aggressive with them. No, you bless them. Your words are kind. Why? Because the word of God is changing you. It's making a difference in your life. That family member that says something to someone else, that person that gossips about you, you don't return that to them. You don't do that. You don't react in the same way. Why? Because you're looking in that mirror and it's changing who you are. Your faith requires action. You have to do something with the words that you hear. And you guys, I was a pro at this as a teenager. Jesus in the scriptures, he says, go an extra mile. My parents would tell me, um, hey, Aaron, we want you to go straighten up your room. And so I'd make my bed, but all the clothes would still be in the laundry basket. And they'd come and ask about it. I'd say, well, you didn't technically say that I had to fold the laundry, right? I mean, my room's kind of straightened up and everything. So we're good at the technicalities. But Jesus in the scripture says, no, you go an extra mile. You serve above and beyond what's expected. So in your workplace, in your family, with your spouse, are you doing just what they ask you to do? Are you realizing, no, God in his word says, my life should be different. This isn't just about me, but I'm serving those around me above and beyond even what's asked. I'm going the extra mile with those that are closest to me. Why? Because I'm following the words of Christ. I'm doing what it is that Jesus has said for me to do. James is reminding the early church. God is speaking to us this morning. Don't look in the mirror, church, and forget what it is that Christ has said to you. Don't look in that spiritual book, the Bible, and look at your own life and examine it and find out where it is that you need to be and then just walk away and do nothing about it. No, you need to look intently in the scripture. And when you do that, your life will be blessed. So church, if you believe the Bible, if you believe that this is God's word, that it changes us, that it makes a difference, you need to do something with it. You need to put it into practice in your everyday life. You need to find ways that you're living out the scripture, you're living out the gospel. This week I was sitting down with Adam, our Connections pastor. Many of you guys know this, and he didn't know what I was going to preach on, but as I was talking to him, hey, what's God speaking to you about? What's God doing? He said, Aaron, I'm, I'm taking the scripture that we're reading in every day, just as many times as I can. I ask God, how am I applying that? God, what am I doing with this? I don't want to just read it, but God, I want to be able to end my day and look back on my day and say, yep, right there. And right there, the way I treated that person, what I said to that person, how I stepped out in faith, God, how I responded to your spirit, all of that, I can look at your scripture changing me, making a difference in my life. My day doesn't look the same because of the word of God, not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. So church, what are you doing? 
with the scripture that you're reading, with the messages that you hear every week that God speaks to us from this stage? What, what are we doing with those? How is it changing our life? James is reminding us, don't just listen, but do something. Your faith needs action. He goes on in the second chapter. He talks about what it looks like to begin to walk out this faith, practical things. If you have your Bibles open, still open, you can look at James chapter 2, verse 14, because he circles back to this idea that your faith needs action. And this is what he said, not just hearing, but doing. He says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says, go in peace, be warm and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. James is saying, hey, if you're just kind of giving lip service to God, yeah, of course I believe those things. Yeah, yeah, those things are real. Yeah, I I do that. I'm a Christian and it's just coming out of your mouth, but there's no action to it. He said that kind of faith is dead. It's not alive. It's not making you alive in Christ and having this thriving, kind of fulfilling life. No, you're just going through the Christian motions. It's dead. And James is saying you wouldn't go up to someone and see them in need and say, hey, hope it all works out for you. No, you would respond out of kindness, out of compassion. There would be action there to do something to meet that need in the same way If you have faith in your life, it should be accompanied with action. It it should be accompanied by something. Now, let me pause and say this right here because you can quickly read this and maybe mistakenly think, well, then we're saved, right? Like if you're not doing something, then, then you're not saved. If you don't have those actions, then you're not saved. But James isn't talking about our salvation. We talk about this a lot here. We are only saved by grace, you guys. We can't work enough. We can't do enough to earn it. We can't try hard enough or try to be good enough to cancel out the bad. That's not what we believe as Christians. We're not saved by our work. We're saved by his work. What he did on the cross to take our place to forgive our sins, that's what we believe. That's what saves us. But what James is saying is if you truly believe that, then there should be something that's accompanying that. There should be something there that that belief is causing action in your life. So what is James saying? He's saying that That work that's required of our faith is not done apart from faith, but done in faith. It's not done instead of faith, but it's done because of faith. Let me say that again. The the work that's required from our faith, it's not done apart from faith, but it's done in faith. Not done instead of faith, but done because of faith. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you can just do works and you're going to be saved if you can work hard enough. No, it means that this belief all of a sudden it spurs you into action. That if you truly believe this, that your life is going to look different. That if you believe what God has said in his word, that your life is going to look different because of that, because you're going to start living it out in a real way, in a tangible way for other people to see. You understand his love. You understand his redemption and his acceptance. And so it brings about a change. It brings about something in your life that makes you different. Your faith all of a sudden takes on action. Church, when you look at your life, do you see that alive inside of you? Are you putting into practice what God has spoken over your life, the the words that you've seen, what it is that you've read in Scripture? When you look at your day and your week, can you see how you're living those things out 
to those around you, what it is that Christ is doing inside of you that's causing you to live out that faith. If you believe it, your actions will show it. You're living that out in love towards God. A number of years ago, I was reading a book about a pastor from Argentina, and he was involved in kind of this great move of God that took place in Argentina um, a long time ago. And it was, he was kind of sharing his story and what was taking place inside of him. He didn't start off or didn't grow up in church. He actually started off as a businessman. Wasn't living for God, wasn't going to church, wasn't a believer or follower of Christ. But one day, God radically got a hold of his life. And he left his business. He sold all of that and went into the ministry. He felt his call to be a pastor. And so he's just starting off. And every day he was opening up the scripture and reading about the story of Jesus, reading in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, about what Jesus did, the ministry that Jesus did here on this earth. And he said one day he was reading and he read it a number of times before, but it just kind of stood out to him. Jesus opening up the eyes of the blind. This lame man that was in this kind of synagogue service, this Sunday morning service, where all of these believers are together, and Jesus looks at him and says, pick up your mat and walk. You're healed. And this guy that couldn't walk before all of a sudden stands up and walks out of the room. And then he's reading in the Gospels where Jesus said, hey, you're going to do greater things than this. And he's thinking, does my actions really show that I believe what Jesus said? And he felt this challenge to pray for people that are sick. And so he thought, where do I go where there's a bunch of sick people? And so he wanders into this hospital. He thinks, I'm going to pray for these people. So he asks the nurse, can they lead him to a room where there's some sick people? And he comes into this room, and there's just bed after bed. Like 10 or 15 beds in this room. And he walks up to the first bed, the very first bed in the room, and he says, my name's Pastor Carlos. I've been reading in God's word that Jesus heals people. I believe he can heal you. Can I pray for you? The person says, no, you can't. I don't believe what you believe. So Pastor Carlos goes on. Happens again and again. Every single bed in that room. And he finally comes to the last bed. He says, hey, my name is Pastor Carlos. Says the exact same thing. I've been reading in God's word how he healed people. I believe that God can heal you. Can I pray for you? And this person responded different. Said, yeah, you can. So he gets kind of nervous. He's like, I didn't know what to expect or what to do. He's not been to school or any of that. So he's like, I just started praying and saying, God, it says in your word that you healed people. I don't know how that happens, God, but I believe that you can heal this person. And so I'm just asking for you to do that. Bring healing to this person's body. That man that was sick that couldn't get out of bed all of a sudden stood up, walked out of that hospital room. Everyone else in that room all of a sudden is calling Pastor Carlos's name, can you please come pray for me now? And he not only, he shares how, not only did he get to pray and a few more of those people were healed, but he got to share the love of Christ with people who were not open to it before. And people all of a sudden discovered on that day that God not only works in our physical body, but he works in the brokenness of our life. And all of that happened because one pastor said, God, I have faith. And I think this faith requires some action in my life. Not that I just talk about it, but that I do something with it. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you that God is telling every one of you to go into hospital rooms and do that. But are you responding in obedience to what it is that he is calling you to do? When he's challenging you to step out, are you saying, God, I want my faith to have action. I'm going to do something with this, Lord. I'm going to respond in obedience where your spirit is leading me. See, church, it's not enough just to talk about it. 
It's not enough just to call ourselves Christian and have that name that we wear around. No, our faith requires action, requires that we do something with it. And it's the what ifs in our life that so many times stop us from seeing God do the miraculous. What if I pray and they're not healed? God, what if I tell them that your word says you can heal them and nothing happens? God, what if that? You guys, that's not your job. God simply asked you to pray, to believe, to trust him. It doesn't mean every time he's going to say yes, but he is going to respond to our prayers. You believe that God can change you. You believe that God can transform your life. Are you sharing your faith with those around you? Your workplace in your school? With people that sit in that classroom with you? People that are in your neighborhood that are in your sports or in your kids' sports? Are you sharing with them the difference that Jesus has made? See, our faith should require action. That if we truly believe this, we're going to do something, church. We're going to do something. I was recently sitting across from a young man and we were talking about changes he wanted to make in his life. And he's sharing, I don't believe about God. I don't believe in all of that. And I simply said this, hey, I love you. And I do believe this. And my faith requires that I share this with you. It would be horrible for me to believe that you could spend eternity away from God and never say anything. That wouldn't be love. See, I truly believe that, church, that we have a requirement that if we believe what God has said, if we believe that the word of God is real, your life should look different because of that. Not just on a Sunday morning, every single day of the week, in your workplace, in your school, in your home, you should be living out the words of Christ. Church, when you look in that mirror of God's word, are you doing something? Are you simply walking away, forgetting what it says, or are you doing something to live out what Christ has spoken to you? We want to be a church that's living out God's word. We want to follow what it is that he's saying, not just to hear it, but to put it into practice because we believe that our faith requires action. And so I want to ask you to do this. If you can, if you haven't already, take out that card that says sermon notes or open up your phone, open up a note on your phone. We're going to take just a quick moment, just 30 seconds or a minute right here. And I want you to write down how you're going to put your faith into action this week. Right now, as we're responding to this message, Jesus, what is it that you've said to me this morning, God, that I can begin to live out? Maybe you haven't taken that step before, but this week he's challenging you to begin to get out of your comfort zone, not just to hear his word, but to do something with that. All of you right now, just begin to do that. Write down whatever that is. Maybe it's something you read in the book of James this week. Maybe it's something that you heard me say this morning. You know that God's spirit is speaking to you about that. And this week, you're going to do something with that. You're going to step out. You're going to put your faith into practice. You're going to look into the mirror of God's word. And you're going to begin to change, allow his spirit to change what needs to be changed inside of you so that you look more like him. Church, we want to do that this week. We want to be Christians that live out his word, that make a difference and an impact. Not that just talk about being Christians, not that just talk about our faith, but we begin to put it into practice, begin to live out what his word is saying to us. I want to challenge each of you to do that this week, wherever it's at, in your workplace, in your home, at your school, 
that you would live out the message of Christ and allow your life to be changed and to be different. And I believe that as we do that, we're going to see it impact and affect other people as they see us as Christians living that out and putting our faith into practice.